Well, hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast, wherever you are around Australia or around the world. Thanks for taking the time to tune in to myself, Ross Flanagan, and my co-host, Scott Carter. We've had a coming together last week at the uh, Vic Open PGA. We're going to talk about all of that uh, and a whole host of other stuff that's happened in the world. We've got Live Golf, we've got PGA Tour, we've got uh, WebEx Player Series. There's a whole host of stuff and whatever other tidbits get thrown in, the webs of discussion go one way or the other, keep up. But right now, let's bring Scotty in and uh, catch up with him and what he's been up to and uh, he can give us a rundown on what's happening in golf. Woo! The computer still works. It sends out a returning uh, recurring invitation. No, actually recurring invitation. I apologize. We did commit to try and get uh, get the podcast out on a Monday. We missed Monday night last night. Uh, my fault. Uh, had some um, pooch issues, some dog issues. We are down at the vet. Little Peggy, pooch. little pooch. Peggy, that little Peggy, the dog had been bitten by something. I came home from uh, the Callaway AI Smoke uh, Paradigm launch down at Sandy Links. Poor little dog's face had blown up like a uh, like a beacon. We rushed her straight down to the uh, to the emergency. Everything's okay. Don't panic, people. Peggy is still scheduled to depart on the eighth of April on Qatar Airlines Edinburgh bound uh, with us a day behind. So um, no, she's fine. But uh, sorry about last night. Missed that. Sorry to you, Scott, because I know you had uh, some of your best work lined up last night and I bumped you uh, but anyway dogs take priority no. in most people's lives but we're back Tuesday night and uh, and it probably means a whole another day's worth of golf stuff to talk about that we've unraveled uh, we did have a coming together last week Scott we'd had a little bit of a sleepover party uh, down in uh, the beautiful Bellarine Peninsula uh, I got across there on the ferry. There's another story about the ferry that I'll come back to because, you know, I've bigged up the ferry many times before. I've been on the ferry several times in the last couple of weeks. Uh, went across there with the no laying up guys. I'm still dying out on that a little bit. Thanks for everyone that keeps asking me about it. Appreciate it. Um, went across several times, but I've got a bit of a ferry story. Wasn't happy on Sunday, Scott, let me tell you that. Uh, but we oh. had a bit of a sleepover party down at the Barwon Heads Hotel. Uh, how was that for you, Scott? No, we did, mate. It was very good. Yeah, the, the old Barwon Heads Hotel, it's a great little spot there, isn't it? Um, they serve a nice cold beer, Roscoe, so that was enjoyable and, and good to catch up with yourself and Macca over a, over a meal and not a rushed uh, Monday podcast recording or, or something. And then a bit of golf on Wednesday. So that was that was a ton of fun, mate. That was, again, got the great invite from, um, uh, from the Bushnell guys and, yeah, you know, lucky enough to play with uh, young Ren, from Japan, so uh, he was a ton of fun, and we played some decent golf. We didn't win, no long drive championship uh, takeouts, but still, it was a good good day. I'm actually resigned to the fact uh, that my long drive uh, championship winning days might be past me, uh, especially with the condition. Breaking of- news! Oh, oh goodness. Uh, I feel like, I feel like I'm retiring from the Australian Test team or something. I might, yeah, I might have to cry. Kind of I'm going to cry in a minute. You know, I've lost my bag. <laughs> I've lost my baggy green, and I'm, you know, someone's taken the backpack, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm retiring from it's my last. Uh, so no, I'm serious. Um, uh, I don't I, actually. I wasn't that far behind. If in all, if you remember the hole, the you par were. five, <laughs> last year, last year we got slammed by uh, the footballer, the John fellow, the big eight foot seven fellow that hits it a thousand miles. I wasn't that far behind, but I don't think my days of long drive titles are are, are there anymore. But uh, Ren Yonazawa ranked 427th in the world. We didn't know a lot about Ren leading into that, but goodness gracious, what a fun young man he was. Yeah, he sure was. He was. He uh, loved a good chat, and uh, and I think he really enjoyed playing with us. I mean, that's what he said anyway. Just because 
I think uh, not all pro-am groups are as kind of fun and, you know, lighthearted and not taking it too serious as, as we do. We just like to get out there and have a good time and try and win the long drive. Um, but, no, he was very talkative and, uh, yeah, good young fella and one to watch. He, he can definitely hit the ball. Didn't have his best week um, when he was out here, but uh, so missed out on the cut by one stroke. But still, you could tell that uh, he's definitely a very, very good golfer in there for sure. We, we sprinkled a little bit of dust and log magic over there and the forecast still remains, you know, he's got a good six-month runway to collect the mm. W and he had some golf about him, he had some game, uh, great short game, could putt well, drove it fairly straight, just obviously, as many did, you know, didn't make the uh, the final cut on the weekend, missed that by, uh, you know, that shot you mentioned. But uh, it was interesting listening to him talk about his previous Pro-Am experiences and he was a bit surprised at the chat that he was getting from us. Now, we didn't launch into the fun and frivolities. Um, I did lead him with a little bit of my best Japanese and uh, he appreciated that and he wanted to know all about where I picked that up and, you know, the experience and my uh, understanding of the culture and I told him that, uh, you know, I worked for a Japanese company and they loved the golfer. So, uh, uh, you know, we, we connected immediately. By the end of the round, people, um, we had the Bushnell... Uh, wingman Mini uh, cranking his favourite music. What was his favourite music, yes. Scott? Please tell us. Please oh, tell us. I tried to take a video of you guys setting this up and uh, with, with the Taylor Swift cranking off the bag. I mean, I, mean, I thought I could get away from Taylor Swift. I've got a nine-and-a-half-year-old nine girl who absolutely is, you know, head, head first into Taylor Swift at the moment and that's all that's played in the car. But I thought I could have a break from it. But no, on the fairways of 13th Beach, here I am listening to Taylor Swift trying to play golf shots. It was not exactly what I was expecting, but uh, hey, I'm just here to support Ren. And and if he loves Taylor Swift, mate, that is A-OK. We didn't run run up to the tee with the music blaring, by the way. We did ask him, you know, do you want to play some music? He said, yeah, no problems. And uh, what's your favourite music? <laughs> I like Taylor Swift. What? Yeah. yeah, Taylor Swift. And then we turned it on and put the uh, Wingman Mini on his bag and uh, – he sang every word. He sang every every word. Perfect <laughs> English. Uh, no, his English was fine, but uh, you know, it's yeah. it's just amazing. Uh, he just knew every word, and uh, he's very excited to have uh, a wingman mini under his uh, wing. Uh, he might even be getting a new Bushnell Pro X three delivered up to the uh, Japan tour for him um, by courtesy of the good people at Bushnell. And uh, yeah, but uh, Ren Yonazawa, fun fact, he loves Taylor Swift. That's just half of oh, half of the living world. Uh, I'm I'm learning. Uh, I'm not going. Have you? Have you got tickets to the Swifty concert? No, I do not have tickets, mate. And I was seeing actually even at Crown Melbourne, they're having a pop up um, pop up for them for the merch um, for the concert, and that's going to happen next Friday or something. And Actually, you go on and get – they're going to sell tickets to – or not sell, they're going to like – you've got to reserve tickets to it tomorrow um, at, on in the Crown on the Crown website or whatever and, and you know, reserving tickets to go to a merch tent. It's like crazy. And so, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the Swifties are definitely a different breed, but there's a lot of them. Yeah. Imagine if, a, if instead of dating uh, a Super Bowl – uh, star that Taylor was dating a golfer. Where would golf be then? What what sort of eyeballs would I could you see know, her and Adam Scott together? That might be a nice little partnership. They 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 would go together, go well together. I think. Well, our Adam's happily married. The Tannimal is uh, hopefully wed. But uh, you know, there's probably a, a dozen uh, top uh, PGA Tour all of golf uh, professionals that might be uh, available. But it's not going to happen because clearly she's got that young fellow who's 
playing in the Super Bowl. I don't know his name. I'm not a well, big he's not that young, is he? Retiring, so he's not. I mean, you he know, doesn't. Not, he doesn't. You know what? Give him all the credit. Like uh, I did. Inter- you know, like thanks for listening again. I uh, thank you. I did preface uh, in the introduction the webs of discussion that can take course. Uh, this is one of those. Um, <laughs> You know, we're not early to the party. You know, the world is in swift mania, Australia's in swift mania. I'm not. Renyon is always. Um, anyone that's got a daughter probably is. But uh, I, I was sitting there watching the news tonight and Mrs. My Love of Golf uh, was watching the news with me alongside and um, Taylor Swift came on. Obviously her partner, I don't know his name, what's his, the fellow's name that she's going out with from the, uh, what's he from? Travis Kelch. What team's he from? 49ers or the Kansas City? No, Kansas City. Kansas City. Uh, Travis, what's his name again? Kelch. I'm Kelch. sorry. I'm sorry. Kelch. I'm Kelch. sorry. I don't don't cancel me, NFL Kelsey? fans. I don't know. <laughs> um, I never. I maybe laid eyeballs on him once on the TV, and the wife says, oh. "I said, what is Taylor Swift seeing this fellow here? Have a look at him, big beard, all that sort of thing. You know, like just a normal looking fellow." And Mrs. Mylove goes, M- "Mrs. Mylove of golf goes, oh, he's cute. What?" So the, it's had like the reverse Taylor Swift effect, you know, like Taylor, she's she's now liking Taylor Swift man. Anyway, I thought it was a bit strange. Um, it looks we, a little bit like John Rahm, mate, with, with the uh, the beard there, doesn't it? I he, 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 Maybe I John Rahm's a better fit. Look, he's a big unit, so uh, good luck to uh, Travis and the, 40, uh, the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers playing in Las Vegas. When's that? Next week? This week? Next Monday. Outside. Next Monday, of course. Of yep. course it is, Ross. Uh, the whole living world knows when the Super Bowl is, just not me. Um, anyway, let's get it back on track away from Brenyon Azawa into uh, Taylor Swift into Mrs. Moll of Golf uh, fancying Taylor Swift's fella. Yeah. Um, but the program was Pick great. Open. <laughs> no, the program was great. Uh, your game was great. I was impressed by your driving prowess. I was impressed by your vintage driver that you ripped out. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Talk to, us about, talk to us about the vintage club that you pulled out then still hit it about 275 metres. Well, yeah, I was actually surprised how well that went, Roscoe. That was um, – so I picked that up on eBay. It's an old Nike Ignite driver, Ginger Ninja, no comments required, thank you. Uh, old Nike Ignite driver from kind of 2004. And so Tiger was using the driver at the time. But as we all know, these guys don't use what's on sale to the public. They use it. It's made up different specs. So they actually released the driver in a limited number of units, 2004 units in the year 2004, um, to the exact specs of Tiger's driver at the time. So I think it's a 350cc head, seven and a half degree loft, and that stiff Graffaloi shaft, the blue shaft. Um, So right down to all of the details of exactly what was in Tiger's bag at the time. And so... I found one on eBay and it was in just got a little scratch on top. This is a few years ago when I was in the US and I was in I was in a zone at the time of like just buying up all this Tiger Wood stuff on on eBay, all this memorabilia. So I actually have quite a bit of stuff, um, like commemorative balls and all all kinds of stuff that who knows might be worth more money now that he's not with Nike because it's all Nike gear. But anyway, this driver, um, I'd only ever really hit it at the range once or twice. Um, before last Wednesday, and I thought, oh, I'll just take it out. You know, maybe we can. Uh, I we'll take it out and like try hitting that, and then the new driver, and you know, video the difference, and just check, create, have a bit of fun with it. But um, I hit it once and went, holy shit! Like that felt really good. <laughs> I uh, and so I kept on hitting it, and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely the sound and the feel 
was way different to the ping driver that I hit. Um, uh, just it, it was yeah, it felt amazing. Um, not quite not not quite sure how to describe it um, here right now, but but it was uh, but it was really good. I mean, you guys had a hit of it as well, and um, it's very different looking at a very small driver after hitting the uh, the size drivers that we have today. Well, it was a rollback to the past for me. Uh, I'd not used that driver. I'd certainly seen it. I didn't go down the Nike path. I was a tailor-made uh, R-series driver uh, fanboy back then, uh, circa 2002, 3, 4, that era. And, you know, it, it just – it was like a, a wind back of history and like, oh, my goodness, this – this is so small. And if, if you're a newer golfer and you listen to the podcast and you use this to try and, you know, learn a bit about modern golf and all that sort of thing, um, it's nothing like what you've currently got in your hands and what you're looking down at. 460ccs and 350ccs uh, is a world of difference. Really small head. Most, no, no, fairway woods are not 300ccs. They're like 200ccs. But uh, such a small head. But as you just described, it sounded fantastic. It felt fantastic. No visible loss of distance. You know, that was the important no. part. And uh, I guess it goes back to, the, you know, what driver technology is all about now. And probably said this several times and, I've, you know, on Drummer Golf TV, I say it a lot. The, the, the companies are limited in, in the face technology in terms of how fast the ball can come off. It's all measured. So the ball's only allowed to come off with a certain measured speed and they're all at the max limit. So it's all about forgiveness. So this bigger head, more sweet spots, bigger sweet spots, more of them, um, trying to hit it straighter. But, you know, you hit it perfectly dead straight about seven times. I picked it up once and just smashed it dead straight and I hadn't hit anything else as straight uh, during the day. It was it felt great. But uh, a little bit of retro from the past. Uh, if, if you want to know what we're talking about, it's got all – Scott's got a picture on his Instagram. I, I put one up there, but uh, try and find an old driver one day and, and just put one in your bag, whether it's an old R-Series, an old Nike, an old Callaway. Um, they're fun. They're fun to have and, uh, you know, you do appreciate all the new stuff when you use the old stuff. But that Graphole blue shaft was probably still arguably one of the best shafts going around. Um, right. You know, and the Graphole blue shaft was made even more famous in its – later stages of life uh, by Henrik Stenson. Henrik Stenson had that very famous uh, Callaway Diablo three-wood, uh, yeah. which he couldn't miss a fairway with, couldn't miss a shot with, and it had a Graffole blue shaft in it. And I remember early days of the golf shop, uh, we had some Graffole blue shafts just uncut raw um, in the back of the workshop, and, and people would come in and say, do you have any Graffolo blue shafts? And, and the previous owner must have bought like a box of them and uh, had a whole pile of them. They said, yeah, we've got these old things here. You know, what do you want those for? And, you know, lo and behold, you know, a little bit more research, you realise why they wanted them because of that driver, because of Henrik Stenson and several other players that use Graffolo blue. And I think some people still actually do seek the Graffolo blue shaft at, to uh, put in their bag. Um, right. Anyway. Another web uh, of side discussion, uh, the Nike TW spec driver. Uh, but uh, talking about drivers, uh, let's get back. Hey, see, we won't talk about drivers yet. We'll keep talking about the Vic Open. <laughs> Prime was fun. We didn't win. Uh, congratulations to the teams that did win. We don't know who they are. They had about 30 shots less than us. Mm. Um, don't know how. But, you know, good luck to them. Um I did go back to the Vic Open. I went down on Sunday uh, for a little look around. We had the occasion to be across in Ocean Grove just to part of the farewell tour. 
Uh, some of our old neighbours from next door live over in Ocean Grove now and we were very, very close to them. We wanted to go see uh, them before we leave. So yep. Mrs. My Love of Golf got dropped off at their retirement village where they live and uh, Mr. My Love of Golf went down to the to the uh, the golf course to watch a bit of the final day. The traffic was that horrendous down there. It took me an hour to get from Ocean Grove to 13th Beach. I basically got to watch the last uh, final groups for about two holes, took a couple of photos, gave uh, Benny Wharton uh, a high five, wished him all the best, uh, watched the women, watched Karis, watched Jia Shin tee off, uh, Brett Coletta tee off and all that sort of thing. Um, and then I thought, well, if we leave now, I'll get back home and watch it on the TV. No, no. Didn't well, make it. Didn't make it. You know why? Ferry. Ferry. Oh, my God, the ferry. You're the, kidding. The faultless ferry. Now, if you uh, go on the ferry, it's a great service and it's a reliable service and, you know, it serves the both peninsulas really well. But when it's a hot summer's day and the place is flooded with not only beachgoers, not only some people mm. returning from the Gulf early, but about 87 million hot rods, well, be prepared for a wait on the ferry. We got there and there was a lineup. You know, not, not just at the ferry gate, not the car park staging area full for the next ferry. That was full all the way back into Ocean Grove. So we wait, we miss the first, next ferry. We get in the line. You've got, you got to choose a line, left or right, you know, right window or left window, the ticket window where you pay your money to get in. It, you know, I, I, I clearly didn't win a $200 million lottery and I didn't win the lottery in the ticket window FPOS operation stakes on uh, Sunday. I picked the right-hand picked the lane. lane. I picked the right-hand lane and sat there and the lady who was – probably doing her greatest customer service job, given that we'd all been waiting, high-fiving, shaking hands, thank you. I could see the gesticulation, the laughing. <laughs> well, meanwhile, the left-hand lane, the FBOS operators there was just banging people through. So about 87 hot rods behind me that had been, in, you know, arrived after me, got on the ferry and we had to wait. We missed the other ferry. We get in there and we go, oh, you're on standby. I was like, but we've only... But all these people, but every, no, no, it's all been even. We count them. Well, I counted them too and uh, <laughs> not happy. Wasn't happy with the uh, Queenscliff Ferry uh, FPOS left window to right window. I know people are going, bros, get over it. When you're sitting it's in a 40-degree car with a dog who, you know, had just had an operation and, uh, you know, you want to get back and watch the golf, you want to get on mm. the ferry. You want to get on the ferry. Uh, it, wasn't com- it wasn't comfortable. Six hours it took no. to get six hours it took to get home, Scott. Six hours. Six hours, <laughs> six hours Roscoe. <laughs> I could have, I could have turned around and driven the long the long way and been yeah. home in two. Uh, but anyway. I mean, surely you had surely you had Ko, you know, fired up on your phone and you could watch the golf anyway. I think I lost access to the Ko because it's through the golf shop, and I think I've been deleted from the golf shop uh, access for Ko. Oh, <laughs> Roscoe, <laughs> twenty five bucks a month, mate. Come on. Oh, add that up to the Foxtel. The, oh, I said. do. I do every yeah, month. Add it, add it, add it, add oh, it, no, Foxtel. Yeah. I don't have Foxtel. Well, I've got Foxtel. Yeah, Foxtel for two shows. Uh, anyway, um, again, if we've lost you, come back, come back. Don't, don't, don't. Back to don't, the golf. Don't cancel us yet. Uh, the Vic Open. Um, I was very, very happy to see young Brett Coletta win. Now, I spoke with Brett Coletta on the range just briefly. G'day, BC. How are you? Had a number of chats with him at the tournaments that have been with Fulsome Kit, all that sort of thing. Fantastic young guy. Uh, great golfer. Won last year up in the Hunter Valley. Uh, it was great to see him win again. Uh, a loving, polite, considerate, 
young athletes, and I say that because these guys don't know me, they don't owe, owe me anything, but, you know, he remembers your name, how are you, Ross, shakes your hand. Uh, that For an older guy like me, that carries a lot of weight, and Brett Collette is one of those guys that has done that several times despite only knowing meeting him a few times. We have t- spoken about Brett his quality golf, and uh, he shone through and got the win on the weekend. And I was very impressed uh, when I looked through some of the highlights about his uh, sportsmanship, gamesmanship, and his general play. Uh, really quality young young man, and hopefully this can, um, you know, give him the springboard that he needs. Did you, did yeah. you catch a bit of it on Sunday, uh, uh, Scottman? You know, I saw a little bit of it, Roscoe. I chimed uh, in and out of it, and it certainly looked like it was one heck of a battle between him and uh, and Zunic, Zunic. Um, and yeah, Brett took it out by by two, but uh, they were going back and forth there for kind of most of the day, weren't they? Um, looked like a great little a great battle, but um, yeah, as you say, mate, stand up guy, and great to see him win. I think that puts him into second place in the order of merit. So a little bit of a shuffle around happening um, towards this part of the season here, Roscoe, at the top end, jockeying for those three spots to go to the DP World Tour. It's so, uh, it's yeah. a big yeah that first. That first spot is the valuable one because that's a little bit higher standing in the divvy up of the cards, uh, as we've discussed in the recent weeks. You know, um, Mick is over there playing already where Tommy and Andrew Martin are still not sure when they get in. Um, that might have been clarified since I spoke to them about that. But, uh, but yeah, but when, when you look at that leaderboard, you know, some great young golfers. And again, we talk about the talent and the depth of talent in Australia and uh, how golf is a hard game to to play your trade in, and uh, you know, these guys playing in Australia, I'm sure they're as good as many of the players playing on some of the, you know, maybe secondary tours or the DP World tours around there. But just getting that break is the thing. Jordan Zunich, great golfer. Um, Andrew Martin, we've spoken about Andrew Martin a lot. Jed Morgan, you know, we all know yeah, Jed. It was, it was uh, good to see Jed um, play well there, minus eight, and Trav Smith as well. Um, Tra- Travis Smith, minus six uh, on round four. So they both shot the lights out on on that final round. Uh, this young man who, at the Asia Pacific uh, Championship, he was in the part of the Australian team, plays at Surfers Paradise Golf Club or maybe uh, – I think it's Surfers Paradise Golf Co- Club or maybe Kulungata Tweed, one of the two. Uh, feel free to correct me. Uh, Billy Dowling. Now, at the Asia Pacific Amateur, not many people knew a lot about Billy Dowling, the young Queenslander. Uh, he looks like yeah, – no disrespect to Billy. He looks like he's about 12. Well, he certainly doesn't play like he's 12 because he has got some game. But, uh, you know, to see him up there at the pointy end uh, again in a professional tournament alongside some serious qualified and, uh, you know, tour-hardened uh, players is is great for Billy but great for Australian golf because uh, that young man's got a future ahead of him. But if you look down the rest of the leaderboard there, you know, Nick Folk from New Zealand, great Richard Green, left-hander, yep. beautiful swing, been around for years, seniors tour, all that sort of stuff. Cade McBride, you know, keeps knocking on the door. We've met Craig, uh, Cade, we've talked about Craig, Cade before. He was leading at one part part of the tournament. Uh, two times winner, Kazuma Kabori there again. Todd Sinnott, yep, another great. Low uh, again. So there's a whole uh, host of talent, you know, Michael Hendry, great to see him down there defending. Obviously, didn't win, but T14. His story, battling, you know, his health issues, coming back, keeping playing, just using golf as his motivation to keep healthy and keep focused and keep pushing through all of his treatment and everything else. Great to see him. Big, strong. You know, he's like that Foxy sort of type. You know, put mm. him and Fo- him and Foxy could be the front row for the All Blacks and, you know, you wouldn't put an All Blacks jersey, you wouldn't question it. Uh, but anyway, very, very good. What about the... Uh, the ladies, again, the women golf, um, very, very high standard uh, down there. 
Um, yeah, Jihai Shin almost did it again, didn't she? But uh, Roscoe, I think if we check the record, I think I I picked Ashley Lau. You did last week. So, you did. Uh, congratulations to Ashley. Low round of the day, minus six, takes it out. Um, uh, but yeah, Jihai Shin almost forced the playoff. I think she lipped out there on eighteen um, to miss out on forcing that playoff. But uh, another great showing by the defending champion. Um, but yeah, good on Ashley Lau for taking out the win. Um, uh, there last week, great effort. Jason is almost making Australia like a second home. You know, she spent a lot of time yeah. down here. She's been doing training camps with some of the younger golfers. You probably heard uh, the commentators talking about that. You know, she was staying at Peninsula Kingswood. I know that for a fact, and uh, just doing some range work and all of that stuff down there, working with some you know, some of the younger golfers that have been here. And uh, she's really made. Australia home over the last couple of summers and, you know, we've got to be thankful for it because, you know, a major champion and pushing all of these young women to play their best golf and uh, she's always up the pointy end and she's just absolute quality to go and watch. Uh, if you haven't seen Gia Shin in, in real life, you know, she's, she's not tall uh, but she hits it very, very well and very, very straight and uh, she's just absolute pleasure because she's just absolute uh, nails pretty much from the start of the tournament right to the end and her results prove that. Uh, but I, I do like that little international flavour of the women's uh, field, you know, Minna Yoon. We've talked about Minna Yoon before. Uh, Jongmin Cho, don't know much about Jongmin Cho. Uh, Shina Kanazawa, great young golfer. Sarah Jane Smith, congratulations to uh, Sarah and Dwayne. It was announced uh, during the tournament that Sarah and Sarah Jane and Dwayne, her husband, will take over the Golf Australia house, which is in Orlando. Now, if you know about that house, you know what I'm about to say. But if you don't know what the Golf Australia house is, it's this house that Golf Australia owns, rents or operates in Orlando and they've always had a, a family base there and all of the young Golf Australia-sponsored athletes get access. Well, I don't know if all, but I don't know what the, well, the qualification is, but I'm pretty much sure all because when they go there to America and they need a place to stay and they need some home comforts and they need some people that they know, like and trust around them, they go and stay in that house and it's been Luke Mackey and his wife uh, and his family that have looked after all of these young Australians. You know, we're going back to the Ruffles and the and the um, Herbies and Cam Smiths and all of those ones over the generations. Well, the Mackey family have looked after those guys and Luke and his wife moved back to Australia into another role with Golf Australia and Sarah Jane and Dwayne, her husband, who's a caddy, um, are taking over the house and going to look after the next generation of Australian golfers. So that was announced during the week. I've met and played golf with Luke, so I know how it operates. And uh, it's a really big feather in a cap. It's a real honour. And, you know, I think uh, Sarah is pretty happy, but she's a quality, quality golfer. I think you really like uh, Sarah Jane. I think you've had a – have you – did you – No, it can be – Oh, can um, be. Sorry, Sarah, uh, Sarah. But I do like Sarah Jane. And no, she's great. I didn't know about that house, Roscoe. That's a great That's a great resource for young golfers, and I can imagine that is uh, very much an, an honour for uh, for those guys to go and look after that and – and uh, and shepherd that the next generation through on their on their golf journey into the US. So I oh, know that's very cool. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Cassie Porter, Kylie Henry, uh, Oidi uh, from Japan, Honey Song uh, from New Zealand, Curry and Webby. Curry Webb was down there. Mm. Finished eleven. Eleven for Webby. Uh, okay. You know, just the young. Turn it back mean, the clock. I was on the range on the Tuesday, as you know beforehand, and. You know, I get the opportunity to watch and eavesdrop and, you know, a brief conversation with some of the, the women that I know. But what I do know is they love the fact that Kari Webb 
is in that tournament and having a chat to them. She goes about her business. She's still very serious. Uh, but again, uh, another arguably Australia's best golfer turning up to the Vic Open to um, lead the way, you know, all different to Jia Shin, but again, you know, making this her base for this part of the year of her golf and really just setting by, leading by example. So, um, and to see Kari play the whole tournament uh, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and uh, well done to Daz, uh, one of our drummer golf uh franchisees from uh, the Drummer Golf Cheltenham who uh, looped for Kari for the entire weekend. Um, doesn't say too much, desk. doesn't say too much, Darren. Uh, Stacey Keating's uh, husband, Stacey, um, was on commentary. Darren was on the bag and, uh, you know, what a, what a dream team. Stacey also works for Golf Australia and she looks after a lot of the elite athletes in terms of development, doubles up for a bit of commentary on the TV and special comments and Daz is out there uh, caddying for Australia's greatest golfer. What a team. Uh, anyway, it was good. Fantastic. It was a great week, wasn't it, mate? Great week, uh, another great running of that great tournament. And, um, yeah, it's no no reason, no question that it's one of the pinnacle events on on the Australian Australasian tour these days. Before we finally sign off, one further little shout-out. Brianna Gill, you know, we've talked about Brianna a lot before. I'm a great supporter and friend of Brianna. And, uh, you know, Brianna's, Brianna's journey is Brianna's journey it's good to see her back playing and doing well. She was one of the winning teams in the Pro-Am. Uh, I didn't get to see her, I didn't bump into her, but uh, it was great to see her. She finished 17th. She's had a bit of a break from her golf. She's back and uh, good to see her up uh, on the leaderboard. Very well done, Brianna Gill. Okay, next. What's next? What was the next uh, golf that caught your eye, Scott? Well, just to call out, Roscoe, they then go to Castle Hill for the WebEx Series, hosted by the one and only Brayton Astor, um, rugby league legend. Um, so yeah, off to Castle Hill, lived in Castle Hill for a long time, Roscoe, never played the course, never played it. But anyway, um, similar field to this week, all the regulars are heading up there. Um, I do feel like Kazuma Kabori started to trend again on Sunday and he just like skipped, you know, a few little hurdles there over the, the Friday, Saturday held him back, but, um, from another win, but I, I, I think he goes all in and gets his third win this week. Could do. Could well do. He's a dangerous young golfer and, as we've said, widely. He gets asked all the time, doesn't hit it that far. Uh, but it doesn't matter how far you hit it, he can he can uh, back that up with um, hitting his three woods, three irons, five irons when you're hitting seven, eight or whatever it is, um, whatever the distance gap is, he'll hit it close and put the dots off it. If you do want to listen to a great interview, I haven't listened to it yet, but if you, I know it'll be a great in- interview, go and listen to the Teed Up Golf Podcast's Friends of ours, Kieran was down there. I think most people know him by Q. I call him Kieran. Um, that's his name. Um, he got Kazuma away for an interview before the tournament started. Uh, he launched that uh, episode last week. So if you want to know more about Kazuma, go and listen to Q over there at the Teed Up Golf Podcast because I'm sure it's a quality interview. And um, you'll learn a little bit more about someone that keeps popping up in the uh, world of Australian golf uh, by listening to that uh, interview. Uh, well done to uh, Kieran. Uh, very funny, very, very funny uh, little side issue with uh, Kieran. Calling out some um, the TikTok golfers, uh, Scott. Did you pick up on that I've story? I've seen that, mate. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he challenged a few, didn't he? Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to credit, but I think it's a great idea. Like I've seen some of those golfers, there's a number of TikTok golfers, but I've seen the ones that he's challenging and uh, I thought uh, – I wonder if they can really play, you know, if they're really scratch markers or whatever. Um, 
like Kieran, you know, like he's called it out. He's like saying we'll come and prove it on film. Let's uh, let's put our money where our mouth is and I can't wait to see the result because, uh, you know, he can prove whether the TikTok golfers are the genuine scratch markers hitting heel cuts and uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, they might want to call yeah. me out. I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to go. Um, oh, nice guy standing up. Here we go. <laughs> I'm happy to go. No, 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 no. I think it's going to be great. And uh, Kieran's taking it in the best of spirits. He's having a lot of fun with it, as are, as are the two uh, young chaps that uh, I think it's CK Golf and Nam, Nam. Uh, anyway, he's not a golf pro. He says that on his thing, but he gives lessons. Um he says that on his Instagram handle, all this stuff. Uh, but that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I think they're taking it all in good spirits and uh, going to make some content around it. But uh, good on you, Q, for uh, having a crack. Absolutely. Uh, at the TikTok, the TikTok golfers. You know what I've seen? A lot of people are doing TikTok golf parodies, you know, hitting golf balls and then making pars, hitting them from the bushes, hitting them in the trees and then turning up with a par. Uh, maybe it's a trend. <laughs> maybe we're, we're just too old and too slow to get on those trends, mate. Maybe we've got to start doing... Bit of TikTok golf, oh dear. Um, Castle Another Hill. handle, okay. Castle Hill, I think. Castle I, Hill, I think I played there once. What do you live in Castle Hill for? What took you out there? You're a Northern Beaches boy. That's like no, wet. no, 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 no. I was, oh, no, I was Hornsby, and then, oh. uh, and then, yeah, we, I was Hornsby for the first, I guess, half of the uh, the upbringing, and then, yeah, we went out to Castle Hill. Um, big house, pool, yeah, yeah. you know. Actually, now that I think about it, similar reasons to why I've just moved to Brighton East, but um, hmm. uh, <laughs> it's taking me back to the youth. Uh, but, yeah, out to Castle Hill. I, and, you know, during that time in my life, so when I was kind of 14 to, I guess, about 19, I wasn't really – I kind of fell away from golf. I wasn't that into it. So um, I never ended up playing at the country club of um, Castle Hill, a member-only course. So, uh, yeah, never got out there. Don't know what it's like. I think I played there once back in my Suzuki days. The Japanese uh, Sacho uh, Tosan was a big fan of Castle Hill and I think he took me out there, but I, I, it was a long time ago, but I can't remember. But uh, I believe it's a really nice course, uh, obviously in the western part of uh, the Hills District of Sydney. And uh, it's uh, Daniel Gale's home course, so he's played a lot of golf mm. there. Will, I t- will we tip Daniel Gale to win on home, home turf? No, I'm, I'm not going past Kazuma, mate. Okay, that's my tip. I'm actually going to go with Jordan Zunich. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to go with Jordan Zunich in the uh, for the overall. And now it is a Webex Players Series, so it's men and women, uh, and they're playing for the one title. Um, it's not a separate event like the Vic Open was. Um, the women's field is, as as you'd expect, it's uh, a strong field. Let me just pull it up here. Um, we don't keep the likes of uh, G.A. Shin in the field. Uh, who have we got there? Sorry, I had it here. I should uh, – I'm on the Vic Open page. That's why I uh, can't find that. Here we go. Brandon Gill, Mina Yoon, Cassie Porter, Kelsey Bennett, uh, Munchin K, Claire Shin, Ashley Lau. So that's sort of like the top top of the tree in terms of you know status in the uh, the women's game. Uh, I am going to go with, for leading woman, uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, uh, who am I going to go with? I will go with, I'm going to go with Brianna. There you go. I'm going to, I'm going to say that Brianna will be the leading woman. Hopefully she can get a win uh, or Jordan Zunich for the outright overall. There you go. That's my two, two picks. Okay. 
Mm. Let's see. Okay, cool. Uh, that's the Australian, right. that's the uh, what happened and what's next in the Australian golf. Uh, sorry for the tangents. Um, no disrespect, no, to problem, the, no disrespect to the Queenscliff Ferry. Yes, I'll use it again, but I wasn't very happy with the left and right lane filtering and the FPOS operation. The, the, the lady, the lady even said, "Oh, congratulations!" I think I think the guy in front of us who c- could suss out that he's going to miss this next ferry if he doesn't pull one of his all-time tricks out. I'm pretty sure he told the lady, we need to get on this ferry because we just got engaged and we want to get home and tell our parents. And the lady was reaching out, giving him a couple, oh, congratulations, go over to lane five. And then I get there and she goes, oh, go, to lane, go to lane two, you're on standby, son. I, I just it sounds wasn't. like a letter, Roscoe. It sounds like a letter needs to be written and it needs to be delivered in hand, hand, hand delivered to uh, whoever's running that show. I there. just wasn't quick enough or smart enough to think. But I, in hindsight, when that girl goes, yeah, and she's going, congratulations, over the lane five, straight on. You'll be the last one on. You, you've been waiting there for an hour and three quarters. You're, you're on standby. Uh, well done to that fella. Congratulations. Uh, anyway, uh, let's keep talking. Uh, PJ Tour. PGA bit, Tour, mate. Yeah. There's a couple of low scores across a couple of tours, but uh, on the PGA Tour, we're down at Pebble Beach mm. for the AT&T Pro-Am. Uh, got shortened to just 54 holes, Roscoe. We had a bit of bad weather coming um, into Pebble Beach. Was with was forecasted, but jeepers, it was blowing an absolute gale, um, and Wyndham Clark was uh, absolutely on fire, mate. Shoots a round of 60 in round three. Um, fair to say, or it's, it needs to be said, that it was um, – Preferred lies, you know, ball in hand. So I don't know how legitimate the 60 is, to be fair. Um, but to be honest, it could have been a 57. I don't know if you saw much of it, Roscoe, but the last four or five holes, like he left a couple of putts, three putts in the in the jaws. It, just, it was literally one roll away from um, from going in and, it, and it, would have, it could have shot a 57. Like it was, he was absolutely uh, in the zone. Um, his strokes gained total. For the for the three tournament three rounds was eleven point four five. He gained eleven and a half strokes on the field. He gained seven on putting. It was just a, a yeah performance for the ages. But as I said, um, that's a bit of a cliche. Is a performance for the ages. He played very good golf on uh, in, in pretty yeah pretty pretty subtle conditions. To be I, fair, I think preferred lies or not. You know, you can have your thoughts on whether it stands, yeah, because that's the question, you know, with a score like that, does a record stand because it was lift clean in place um, or not, whatever, but to have 60 and, you know, be looking at a 59 and knocking on the door of a 57 in the conditions, on the course, narrower fairways, really small greens. I've let those greens go really small. I think taking away a little bit of what Pebble Beach is, to be honest. Um, yep. But to have that score in those conditions on Power Greens, which we, you know, anyone who knows the West Coast of uh, the West Coast Swing know that most of the greens are power and they get bumpy in the afternoon and all that sort of stuff that goes with it. They're not the mm. easiest to putt on. Uh, that is unbelievable play uh, from a man who probably up until last week had a fair bit in his mind. He was pretty open with uh, with everyone saying that, yeah, he sat down, had a discussion with Liv and did consider it and uh, was pretty close to it. But, um, no, he believes in uh, what he's doing and what he wants to commit to in terms of the PGA Tour and uh, certainly on the back of what's happened with this um, new alignment with the uh, sports group or whatever they're called. So, um, yeah, he obviously had a bit going on in the lead-up and then uh, what's that his third – well, he had the major last year. Is that his second win on the PGA Tour plus the major? So 
Yeah. Not bad yeah, in the last, I th- last I think 12 it months. Is. Um, very good in the last 12 months, mate. And from what we saw as well for the the, uh, the release of the new season of Full Swing, it looks like he might be that breakout star for this season. So for him to go and, you know, shoot that 60, win that on the back of, um, you know, that media coverage as well. Apparently the episode that he's in is a real, is quite a moving one. He shares the episode with Joel Damon. So, and, you know, he's got a great story as well. We saw a little bit of that in season one, but, um, yeah, he's talking about his mental health journey, and uh, and apparently it's a bit of a mover. So, so yeah, looking forward to seeing that. And I mean, if he can come out and have a breakout year this year, um, uh, he could, could just you know go into the next next level of like stardom and uh, and all all of the things that come with it. But he also had a bit of controversy, mm. Roscoe. Mm. If you saw that, we had another stomp down incident mm. in the roughage. Mm. What's going on with these golfers, mate? What, like, and, and apparently the PGA Tour has rubbed the footage out of the replay. Oh, really? No, I did not know yeah. any of this. So yeah. I think, tell me if I misarticulate uh, what happened. So he had an, an embedded ball or a ball that he was uh, entitled to a drop and he walked around an area where he was able to drop, flattened the grass with his feet uh, clearly and visibly, and then yep. drop the ball in said flattened grass area. Is that correct? That is that is that is what happened. That's what the footage shows. Yeah, it's second it's, week in a row, mate. Like I don't know. What was the what was the remind me what was the other episode that happened? Um, someone pushed the grass down, or there was a bit of grass pushing uh, it was down. The same thing. So it was yeah. last week. Uh, Matthew Pavon. Pavon. Yeah, that's it. Pavon. Pavon. Uh, did basically the same thing yep. and then hit that blistering shot. In I mean, he, he wasn't dropping the ball, though, so yeah. the ball was already was, in the rough he and he just stamped down behind it and gave himself a cleaner shot at it. Go- golfers, uh, please, um, if you want to be educated on the rules, go and talk to Blakey at Golf Rules Questions. The only referee on any tour that's ever called a slow play penalty on a current leading golfer, uh, he is a absolute well, stick. I mean, that's a stretch, mate. It was Blandy. <laughs> Come on. Leading golfer. Leading golfer. <laughs> he created. He Give was. Right. It was part of the whole <laughs> coining of the phrase blandemonium. Goodness gracious! Oh, uh, um, did you see his hole in one? Yeah, I did. Quickly, quickly getting to live. Did, did you see? Did you see that blandemonium? There was no, literally, no one watching. Like they didn't know. It took him a while to figure out that it had actually gone in because there was no one around the around the green clapping for it and cheering it on. It was very funny. Uh, well. Yeah, in fairness, there, there was never many people at Mayakoba anyway, PJ Tour venue or not. But anyway, that's uh, that's by the by. Let's go we'll get away from that. Uh, talk to Blakey if you want to know any rules of golf because he is a, he Blakey. You have to play by the rules even when you're going for a social, you know, knock on a Friday afternoon with the, you know, Diet Coke in your bag. You know, you've got to play by the rules. You know, you got to count. You got to do everything. He's that obsessed with the rules. He, if he was on the tour and refereeing him, they would not have got away with that. Otherwise, it would have been outrage in uh, the Blakey household. But, um, yeah, don't do it. You can't do it. You shouldn't do that. Shocking. Play it as it – if you can't play it as it lies, well, then you drop it and you have to, for all intents, recreate where the ball otherwise should have been if it wasn't embedded or you know, wherever it was you're entitled to place it, drop it, or otherwise you've got to recreate it. And if you stomp the grass down or run around and, you know, you, maybe you don't see it on the tour, but, you know, people swishing clubs and cutting Paspalum down and all that sort of stuff, you can't do that. If stuff, you just can't do it. You've just got to 
yeah, anyway, I think it's pretty, pretty hot Follow on the that. rules, guys. Come on. You can't grab your club and, you know, Herbie got pinged for that. And that was years ago. You know, he, he scraped the um, – he went to scrape some stick or, a stick away from behind the ball with his club, you know, pretty basic sort of stuff. He just moved it. But he took some soil away as he mm. scraped the, the stick away. You can't take the soil away. But it was – and you can't do anything like that. So otherwise people are watching. Um, and you'll get – you know, you'll end up like a Pavon or a Clark with a question mark. Tainted. Tainted. Tainted, mate, uh, tainted. Who isn't tainted? I'll tell you who isn't tainted and he continues. Like a top 11, he's 11th in the OWGR. Uh, I think maybe 11th in all sort of forms of ranking is Ludwig. Yeah, Ludwig. Unbelievable. Do, do you reckon he's feeling a bit ripped off at the moment and uh, robbed of the chance to to uh, go get that, that W and chase him down? Was he one behind? I mean, you can't do much about the weather. I mean, you can't really expect them to have managed that differently, you know, and found a way to make it happen. Like, there's been a few theories thrown around about playing 36 on Saturday or, or, or waiting until Tuesday. But, I mean, none of that is very easy to manage. I can imagine, you know, an event of that scale. But so very much out of their hands. Um, but still, I think Ludwig would be sitting there going, um, well, I can't wait to get to the next tournament. Is, is he playing this week? I don't know. I've got to check out the list. But, uh, but yeah, he'd be chomping at the bit, mate. He was playing well. He's a great golfer. And if you picked Ludwig Aberg in our Teepster, which we'll get to, uh, congratulations um, to you because you get to use him again. And that is such a valuable thing to be able to do is to get a chance to pick Ludwig twice. Uh, because he is absolutely going to finish in a top five position again and probably win. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. He he might be a little little bit uh, filthy, but just his rise, you know, he's not played in a major still, still not played in a major. I don't think many people grasp that. And, again, mm. and again, the Oberg, Aubert, Aberg discussion comes up. It keeps circulating. I've, on the record, early doors with the whole pronunciation thing, being a big fan of Swedish golfers, billeting in 1986, Sweden's first ever PGA Tour winner, Gabriel Hurstedt. I've got it on record in a voice note, and if you want that voice note, I'll send it to you, of how to pronounce the ter- the word oibear. It's easy. So I've got it. If you want it, just send me a DM on Instagram, ross.flanagan.golf, and I'll send you the Gabriel Hurstedt, PJ Tour's first ever Swedish winner, two times winner, um, saying it. And you can have that. And then you'll know absolutely how the Swedes say it. And it's not a berg. It's not a berg. It's the way that Gabriel says it. There you go. Uh, I should please, be able to... Please send Ross a DM for that, please. Oh, please. happy to send it please. out. It as gives many me, as you can. It gives me so great pleasure to just drop it into a tweet. I've only done it maybe once or twice, but this is how it's said, people. This is how it's said. You see all of everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it still. I've got it. Um, if anyone <laughs> – no, anyway. Enough now, of speaking that. of pronunciations, Matthew Pavon. Matthew? Uh, no, Ma- Matthew Pavon. <laughs> Matt pa- uh, again, a great showing coming in at third. Matthew, <laughs> uh, Matthew, 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 pa- uh, Matthew oui, oui, Pavon. Matthew, well done. Matthew Pavon. Um, great effort. Thomas Dietry as well. He's up there, up there again for another T4. Uh, he's in great form. Jason Day shot a blistering 63 in round three, not as blistering as a 60, but still very, very blistering. Um, finished T6. He was pretty well back there before the tournament, so he delivered there. Uh, also T6 was Tom Hoagie. He always plays well. These, I think he's won that event here before. Um, JT, again, mate, he's up there again. JT, resurgence. 
Scheffler lost 1.8 strokes, gained putting. Again, by the way, Roscoe. Can't putt. So face can't facts. Putt. Can't putt. There we go. And, yeah, in terms of Aussie, Scotty and Cam Davis, Adam Scott and Cam Davis were at T20 um, to, yeah, round out the Aussies. And um, we've got Victor, who was my pick, at T22. Uh, if, you want, good. if you want to know how tough golf is and the, and the variation from week to week, just have a look at the 80s. Obviously, it was an no-cut event, uh, 80 players only, uh, which we've spoken about before. Nick Dunlap wins. Yeah. What, two weeks go. wins two weeks ago. Stone motherless. Uh, Stone motherless yep. a couple of weeks later. Um, so that's how hard a golf is. Uh, who did I pick? I picked um, Hoygard. I think I got some money with uh, Nikolai. Picks Hoygard. You did. At uh, T thirty one. Yeah. 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 Well, how do, how do we go in Teepster, mate? Let's uh, let's have a little look. So we had we've, we've had our first winner. We've had our first winner picked in the mile of golf Teepster. Raise the alarm, Mr. Carl Grotiers, Grotes, Grotes. Uh, um, I'm going to go with, uh, while we're on the uh, pronunciation bandwagon, I'm going to go with Carl Grotiers. The AE, okay. the AE makes, makes sense. An, in German, it's an air sound, air. So Grotiers. He might be Carl Grotes, I don't know, but uh, I'm going to, you know, the, you know, the linguist, the cunning linguist. Uh, yeah. I going to go with Carl Grotiers, but he's um, good. Well done. Picked Wyndham Clark, first person to pick a winner. Shoots up the Teepster rankings with 3.6 million in the uh, the bonk. Uh, very good. Mate, uh, I think he was stone motherless in uh, in the rankings before that win. And he, he so his total is now $3,646,000. Oh. So he was sitting on 46. He was... He was stone motherless and I was second last, but he's rocketed past me um, to be leading by 1.5 million. So I wonder who I wonder who Carl um, Grotiers uh, picked uh, yeah, to get 46,000 in the opening events, uh, the first three weeks of uh, the tour to get 46 uh, before he rocketed uh, up the charts with 3.6 uh, under the bank, uh, under the win, wings of uh, wings of Wyndham. Um, yeah. Uh, well done, well, to he Dave Vader. Kim. He got twenty six thousand for Siwoo Kim in the first week, mm. um, and then uh, what did he get here? Not much. Siwoo Kim uh, should be should be playing better. Just by the way, too good a golfer not to be playing any good. He can't play the next time. Got another twenty grand. So that's how he got there. Okay. But anyway. Uh, who else? Anyway, by we um, before we bore anyone else that doesn't play a teaser, it's not too late. There's plenty of tournaments, and as we've just proven, if you pick up the win in a Signature event, a lot of prize money can rocket you back up the the leaderboard. Of course, top five get to pick again, so plenty of uh, plenty of chances to come and have some fun, and it just sort of keeps you uh, keeps you on your toes in terms of the PGA Tour. Uh, D Vader, now Darth Vader has joined D the uh, tips. Well, welcome, Darth. Um, appreciate you joining us. Uh, great pick with Ludwig uh, Lee, eleven forty nine with Scotty Chef, Abel Abel Yam, Tips to HQ. Uh, that's the boss of the whole shebangalang. Um, Good to see him tipping. Uh, notorious for maybe missing a tip uh, here or there. <laughs> I'm sure he's got every every Teepster family, you know, all these Teepster out here around the country to uh, keep playing, um, to keep playing with. Uh, sorry. So thank you, uh, Michael, for uh, joining us and picking Justin Thomas. Uh, Rocket, uh, uh, obviously former uh, co-host of uh, the Foundation News of the My Love of Golf podcast, all those podcasts in the back of a 
back of a car. That sounds wrong. Um, I was in the car. Rocket was at home. We recorded when we didn't have a studio like we do now. Uh, Rocket picked Keegan, 455000 Well done. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, I'm in 31st. Um, well, obviously, Nikolai Horgard was uh, 31st. So I got 106000 Where am I in the overall uh, board? Uh, Scott, where am I? 25th. 25th, mate. Well ahead of me. Uh, I'm at 61st. And um, 67 people have money, so I am right down the bottom. But as you said, mate, long long way to go. I may have used a couple of big uh, big guns already, but still, long way to go. Well, I'm in front of Rocket, so I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, Rocket, come at me. Come at me with your picks, son. Uh, well, let's go head-to-head on this uh, Teepstar. You know, you're my version of the TikTok golfers in Teepstar. I'm going to take you down, all right, again. <laughs> uh, dear. <laughs> Sorry, Rocket. Um, very good. Very good. Uh, I think we had a new uh, a new player uh, this week. Um, uh, yeah, as you're doing that, Roscoe, we've got 67 people that have money, but we've got 140 on the list. So jump back in. Jump. That's a big chunk. Everyone, yeah. get back in. Let's go. It's uh, no, not too late. Still plenty of time. Uh, we've got a couple of big money events coming up. So the Genesis is week after this one. Uh, another $20 million event. So still plenty of time to make some moves. Just wrapping up uh, Pebble Beach, should they move it to another part of the year? It seems to be bombarded with weather a lot, this event. You know, they're trying to make it and lift it and make Pebble Beach what it should be in terms of the course, in terms of the prestige of the place, in terms of prestige of the tournament. Yep. Can we move it to another part of the year where it doesn't please do. get, you know, doesn't matter whether there's please, a West Coast do. swing or whatever. You know, they, these guys can go from west to east to east to west in a drop of a hat. Um, Mate, they totally waste it in uh, September. They play the tour, the, the Champions Tour event there. Um, and it's, it's and perfect all the time. Absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. The second time I played Pebble Beach, Roscoe, if I could tell you that story very quickly, very was much. actually the day before the Champions Tour event. And so we had the uh, the first tee time uh, on on that final day that you could play the course. And it, and it was like 21 degrees, pure sunshine, no wind, course was immaculate condition like it was an amazing time of year in that part of the world and that i mean they're wasting it on the old guys mate get the young guys in there let's swap it around send the old guys out in the rain here's a concept for you i don't know how many people are in a champions tour field so i'm staying without sort of qualification but signature event 80 people do you ever think there's a time when the champions tour i know they only play three rounds could sneak in into the Friday field. You know, there's a, there's a, uh, and, uh, you know, is there, and, and have a PGA Tour and Champions Tour collab. Any, anything, any legs in that? And I think, Roscoe, you come up with some half decent ideas sometimes, but this is not one of them. Okay. Sorry. Fine. I'll scrub that. Okay. Yeah. I'm just thinking on the feet. You know, anyway. Okay. Wrong. Um, what I will say is, the tour and uh, the sponsor, AT&T, tried something new, trying to elevate uh, the fan engagement and uh, by letting uh, no laying up guys broadcast from the range. Uh, they did their podcast there. They had their live stream there. It was on video. Uh, I saw bits and pieces of it. I listened to one of the episodes. Regardless of what they said uh, or didn't say, the concept of having people like them broadcasting uh, in the lead up to the event uh, it was really good. Uh, obviously, the PGA Tour has to approve that, you know, because they have broadcasting rights and all of the agreements that 
you know, happen commercially. Uh, but under the, the wings of uh, the AT&T uh, sponsors, obviously they carry a lot of weight. They wanted those guys down there. And um, I think it was great to have people who are passionate about golf, talking about the golf, talking about with the players, grabbing some of the players in straight from the range. Um, it added a new dimension. There's a whole host of content that, you know, we don't get access to in uh, tournament coverage from, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, when the place is packed full of players and they're usually a little bit more relaxed, they're usually a little bit more open to talking. I can only equate that from my experience at tournaments, being there on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in the Australian scene, you know, the guys are happy to chat. There's, there's a different vibe. When they get into tournament mode, you leave them alone and you let them do their job. But uh, I think it was great that they had, you know, those guys down there doing that and um, I hope the tour can really keep adding something to uh, the fan base uh, because it's clear people have spoken PJ Tour needs to do and keep evolving and maybe that's what this whole sports group buy-in will bring, who knows. Um, player equity, I'm not sure about what that means. Um, yeah, anyway, I thought that yeah, was well, I thought that was pretty good, pretty good of them. It, yeah, it, it is really good, Roscoe. Um, it all comes down to the players as well, largely, doesn't it? Like uh, them allowing access and, and getting access to the players in that environment and relaxing a bit and opening up a little bit more and like sharing a little bit more of themselves. Um, I think he's a key component of that being successful. So, hundred um, percent, those guys have great relationships with the players, so well, they can they can kind of eat that out of them. But yeah, no, it, it's really good for the coverage. The thing is, the difference is. Now, I don't want this to sound like it's parody. If you've listened to that, you know, great, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And what you just said there is a key component of what how those guys feel about what the players can contribute to making the game more enjoyable and more relatable, the key for what they've achieved there is the group of men at NLU have relationships with a lot of those players and are able to talk to them at a different level than, say, the regular broadcasters who are doing that journalistic type job, which are in there, get the interview, get the piece they need to get the camera across back to the studio, all that sort of stuff, which doesn't mean that they're not great at managing the relationships with the players, but they're doing a different job and they're doing it differently in that sort of media sense. Those guys have a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more freedom to say and do what they want and it's more relaxed for the players. So it's just far more relatable, far more enjoyable and the players give a little bit more in that same way. It's just um, – it's simple. It's a simple formula. And the, and the, But the players have to be prepared to, whether it's, you know, down the track of getting, you know, going back to talking about mic'd up with stuff we've talked about on this podcast many, many times, all that sort of stuff um, yep. has to happen. Just do what Liv's doing, Scott. Well, to an extent. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I'd get more of a barb out of you with that uh, statement there. Yeah, speaking of Liv Ross, we, yeah. should, uh, we should cover the event that they tried to copy – uh, the Phoenix Open um, and the party hole, the original party hole, the famous par 3 16th. So, uh, yeah, the guys are off to TPC Scottsdale, Arizona, um, getting out of the weather, mate, and heading to the desert. That's what's happening. Looks like beautiful sunshine there for the for the tournament. So we've got Scotty Scheffler arriving there as a double defending champion. He's won the last two years in a row. Can he go uh, a third year in a row? Obviously likes it out there. Let's see if his putter can get hot. Um, but super strong field for a, let's say, regular PGA Tour event. We've got a few of the notables in the field. Obviously, Wyndham Clark is top of that list and on the back of that win. Uh, Thomas Dietrich's in there again. Fitzy's in there. We've got Foxy. We've got Ricky. We've got Max. 
Victor has withdrawn. Mm. Let me come back to that, Roscoe. Mm. Mm. Kitty Cat is in there. Um, Minwoo Lee, Scotty, uh, Adam Scott, Jordan, JT, Joel Damon, Xander also withdrew, Roscoe. The mm. two withdrawals late. What are we going to see happen in Vegas, mate? Maybe they show up in Vegas. Who knows? That'll be bloody interesting if they do, won't it? Does, do, yeah, do, do, you, do you think there's a – so, okay, let's let's come back, circle back to uh, – I'm using a corporate term. I apologise for using corporate jargon terms. Circle back, yeah. Let's circle back to that. Let's put that on the pin board yeah. or the – let's yeah. paste that. Let's take let's, this offline, Ross. Let's put that in the parking lot and circle back yeah. to uh, – let's circle back to that point. Um the two gentlemen that you just mentioned who have WD'd from this event. Uh, it's not a signature event. There's not a, all the big dollars there, but there's plenty and they've probably played in it several times uh, before. Um, but, yes, uh, who 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 do you fancy around uh, this event? This is this is a – it's fun. It's one that everyone loves to, to watch because of, you know, the antics that go on at the party hole and, uh, you know, the weather's always great and you get to see those – Desert courses, which a lot of people like. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that the course isn't architecturally significant and all that sort of thing. I don't know much about it other than what you see year in, year out. But uh, a lot of people do like this type of vibe, seemingly in Australia, yep. and obviously in America because there's a thousand million pissheads there, uh, you know, throwing cans over the over the thing. Nothing against – well, nothing, not nothing against that, you know, like I can't support it at Adelaide and just say, oh, well, you know, they're just doing what other people have done. But, you know, they're having fun and they're enjoying golf and it's bringing eyeballs there and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's, it seems to be a really popular event with the players as well, you know. They like getting out and whooping it up there on that big uh, big uh, stadium. It's a massive build-up. Um, but, yeah, who do you who do you fancy, Scott? Yeah. No, it, it – it- it's clearly a fun event for, for players. Uh, a lot of brands use it to activate against, anyway, more corporate terms, to activate it against some of their uh, their collections. See Bad Birdie, who have been making big moves um, and signing some players. We've got Si Woo Kim signed on with Bad Birdie recently, man, and also Harrison Endicott. Now, Bad Birdie's a, the, the OG printed polo, comes from the US, Um uh, I've got a couple of bad booty shirts, but there's when been you a lot say of knockoffs, when you say uh, OG, happen. sorry, when you say OG printed polo, what do you, what does that mean? Ah, uh, so the polos, so golf polos that um, that have like a full full print, so you know, like full print uh, of like birds or you know, just a fully an all over print polo okay. rather than just a color blocked polo. Yep. 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 So, um, not your typical sort of uh, Footjoy golf shirt with uh, you no, know, the stripes. They've got loud, the, yeah, 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 colourful. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, cool brand. I, I really like um, that brand. They've been around a little while now, but uh, the Harrison Endicott signed with them, so that's that's very cool to see. Um, we'll see him on tour a little bit more later, but um, but yeah, they're doing an activation now. That they're actually asking people to bring in a competitor. Uh, printed polo um, and and swap it for a free bad birdie one. So brands love to activate at this at this tournament. So there's a lot of energy around it. Uh, big party hole as we talked about. I reckon Scotty Scheffler uh, makes it a triple. That's my tip. Triple stack of waste management wonder for Scott Scheffler. Uh, yeah. I can't do that. I can't go with Scott Scheffler again um, based on 
poor putting performance, the three Ps of bad golf, mm. poor putting performance. Uh, who do I pick? I am going to go with – I am definitely going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with um, – This is a good question. I've wrestled with. I'm going to go with Ricardo Fowler. Ricky Fowler, mm. previous winner here, 2019. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Ricky Fowler locked in. All right. I have no other basis other than to uh, go with uh, Richard, but uh, we'll give him a crack. But good Let's luck see. to good luck to Foxy. Good luck to Bads. Good luck to Min Wu. Uh, good luck to. Um, uh, Ryder Cup captain uh, Luke Donald, yeah. who's Donald's also in the field, in the field. Yeah. taking up a spot. It's great. He's still he can still got game. Has uh, our Luke uh, anyway? Uh, he'll beat he'll beat a good chunk of the field. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put I'll put on Luke. Oh, he's not fifty. He's nowhere near not fifty. 50? No, he's a young fellow. You've been disrespectful to us, a senior gentleman. Luke Donald's <laughs> nowhere near fifty. Uh, I don't actually know how old he is, but I'm pretty sure he's. Mid four, well, I, maybe I think mid. he's also he's also nowhere near good enough for me to get up and watch him on TV. So he should piss off and play somewhere else. Oh, it's you anti-European, <laughs> anti-European sentiment from you. You are absolute anti-European. You are an American <laughs> golf lover, and uh, there's no need to you know bring down on us uh, European followers uh, this early in the piece. Save that to your Ryder Cup time, and we'll talk about it then. Uh, okay, Ricky Fowler and uh, the previous winner. Good. Okay. Excellent. All right, DP World Tour, mate, let's go. Yo. Bahrain Championship. Again, another exciting finish on the DP World Tour. We've got uh, Dylan Fratelli, the, the South African, um, taking out his third third DP World title, first for six years. So it's been a bit of a drought for uh, for the sunglass-wearing South African striker. So uh, he led by two at the start of round four, Roscoe, but he found himself behind after 12 holes. He really had to buckle up and hold on. Um, they had some charges coming, some fellow South Africans, um, or should I say, maybe not charges, but just people that were not making bogeys like he was. And and he did birdie 13, 14 and 16 to get back to under for the day and win by two. So um, credit to him. He uh, he stumbled, but he uh, but he got back on the horse and, and rode at home finish. Rode home for a strong finish, so good luck. Oh, the South African sunglass-wearing striker rode at yeah. home for a strong finish uh, down the there straight. <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> uh, I'm getting too close to this microphone, mate. I think I'm bloody Kenny Callender calling the, uh, calling the races. Uh, just another little side uh, journey there before we go back to the DP World Talk. Um, Why not? I, yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking about jockeys, I was uh, out at Urban Surf today. Uh, before you ask, uh, yeah, I, I know you can. You think that I'm a massive surfer. Um, it wasn't a very popular sport in Cessnock growing up an hour away from the Newcastle Beach. Uh, a bit of tension between the Novocastrians and the boys from the Hunter Valley. Uh, boogie board was as heights that I got to. But I was down there at Urban Surf today for Travis Matthew, taking some photos of Josh Kerr, uh, who's a global Travis Matthew ambassador, and his uh, world junior title-holding uh, surfing daughter, Sierra Kerr, who can also drive the golf ball a very long way, is an excellent golfer, as is Josh, uh, but very competitive. I think Sierra is actually better than Josh. Josh Kerr was one of the uh, surfers behind the Bolter Golf Beer. Great partners of Callaway. Uh, Travis Matthew had them down there just for 
uh, to take some of their ambassadors down there to do a bit of a surfing um, lesson and have a surf with, uh, you know, uh, Josh Kerr is like this specialist aerial surfer, gets the wave, jumps up, spins around, lands. I don't know how old he is. He's not 25 anymore, but, yeah, he's maybe not senior tour, definitely not. Um, but where I'm going is, speaking of jockeys, guess who was in the water? If you had to think about the jockey, the leading Melbourne's leading jockey cohort, who is out there cracking some waves with Josh Kerr? I ask you, Scott. Oh, Have a guess. Mate, I'm trying to, I'm trying, uh, trying to name a jockey, and I, and I just, I'm just not that close to no, racing. Neither am I. But, but uh, Glenn Pumper Boss out there cracking away. Glenn Boss. Wasn't Glenn That's Boss. The name I do know. Glenn not Boss. Glenn Boss out there in the big five and a half footers. They had a. a gentle more gentle wave like a little four footer and then they had like a five and a half to six foot face um pretty deep sort of wave uh yeah glenn bossy was out there but you know who was the best surfer one of the best surfers out there in the entire group ollie who damien oliver damien oliver absolutely just carving up the waves at urban surf with uh aerial specialist josh kerr damien oliver was sensational i'll see if i've got a photo of damien oliver and i'll post it but uh he was sensational um, I can't imagine, mate, those little small little guys, like their centre of gravity nice and low to the ground and being able to balance on the surfboard pretty well. would be pretty there was very strong, the, very strong uh, core, I can imagine. So they were, the, they were, Ollie was an excellent example. There was a few less than ex- excellent examples. Now, I'm not going to criticise anyone because I was just on the outside. I would have loved to have had a bit of a swim. I'm not sure about a surf, but uh, I'm, I've got some photos there. Maybe Sam McClure just face-planting, standing up, falling backwards. I think I've got every photo of Sam McClure other than standing up on a surfboard. Um, but that's okay. And there was a heap of other uh, examples. Uh, but it was a fun day, an excellent day, and, and those people enjoyed it. But um, to use your uh, racing um, term, coming down the straight, Dylan Fratelli of the uh, South African sunglass-wearing striker. Here he comes. Urban Surf with uh, Travis Matthew was out there and Glenn Boss and Damien Oliver. Uh, Dylan Fratelli has had an absolute several Annis Horribilises in the golfing sense over the last journey. PJ Tour, lossy status, all that sort of thing, back DP World Tour, cracks a win. We keep talking golf is hard. The highs and lows, you've got to ride them, you've got to be prepared to grind it out and have the mental fortitude to wear the storms, weather the storms. Um, congrats to Dylan Fratelli because uh, he's a really hard worker from all you see in his socials and uh, I don't know Dylan Fratelli. Had a game of golf with his manager at North Berwick with Josh uh, Ralston a couple of years ago. Didn't talk about Dylan Fratelli at all, really. I just know that he's a hard worker. And uh, good to see him win. Yep. Good to see a hard worker get a win, mate, no matter who it is. Um, um, yeah. My tip, uh, Rasmus finished eighth. So Who did I tip? I can't, I can't forget. Yeah, you you you, uh, you jumped on my Rasmus tip. Yes, there, I did. That's right. Um, at the end. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, Harrison Endicott donning the bad birdie. Uh, Shirts was in the mix. He was leading at one point, but um, fell away. And uh, Mika made yeah. a run, mate. Uh, he almost announced himself, but uh, he was T4 at one point um, after his 14th hole, sitting at seven under for the day after 14. So he, he was flying. Um, but then he made a double on 15 and bogeyed 17 to finish uh, T16. So not the, not the last kind of four holes that he was looking for, but, um, but, what a great showing that he can actually go deep. We know he can go deep, and he's over there. He's over there starting to show the DP World Tour just how deep he can go. So uh, looking forward to seeing what happens over the next couple of weeks with Mika. I feel like 
He's um he's over there. He's in the time zone now for a little while. Um, this week after being in, in that you know same part of the world for a couple of weeks, he might just be settled and ready to unleash. Well. Let's say uh, we want Mika to do very well. And, of course, uh, having 28,832 uh, and 33 cents, um, euro cents uh, in your in your uh, wallet um, certainly helps put a little bit of change in there to pay for this first part of the swing. And uh, for Henning's team, we know it's not an ex- uh, a cheap exercise putting uh, a show on like this. So well done, Mika. And uh, looking forward to... Um, you teeing it up? Is he teeing it up uh, this week? Is he doing yep. it? He is. Yep. Okay, good. He's teeing it off. So uh, he's off to Qatar for the Commercial Bank Qatar Masters in Doha, a Doha Golf Club in uh, Doha. So he'll be over there along with uh, Harrison Endicott, Hayden Barron and Jason Scrivener um, and the rest of the regular DP World Tour crew that showed up there last week in Bahrain. Again. They, oh, sorry, go on. Yep. I was, no, I was going to I was going to give a shout-out to the DP World Tour site, the, the – um, the website, the the graphics that they're using at the moment for their shot tracer that they've introduced this year and uh, and shot link data is very very good. Check it out. Uh, they are the gold standard in uh, social media media. You know, I think uh, you speak to anyone that uh, follows both US European tours. You know, really do hold the uh, DP World Tour. Uh, teams in the highest regards from the content that they're able to create and the engagement with the players. And, you know, I think the American teams that, you know, have access to some of the players really look at the way that the players handle themselves on the on the DP World Tour and handle themselves with the DP World Tour media. Um, trying to get a little bit more of that sort of culture into uh, the States. We'll see what happens in the future. But I just want to say Hayden Barron, if you're wondering why Hayden Barron's playing already along with Mika, well, his card came through the qualifying school. It's a higher status than Andrew Martin and uh, Tom Powerhorn. So that's why he's able to get in uh, this stage of the uh, DP World Tour. Okay. What's the next, uh, next event? Qatar. Yep, they're off to Qatar. So, Is it the economic city? Are we in, are we in one of those places yet or where are we? Uh, uh, is it, no. Is it the King, Ab- Ab- King, King Abdullah? Some king's kingdom. But, mate, more importantly, they oh. were in Mexico. Liv was in Mayakoba and they had to turn the lights on, Roscoe. Okay. Did you see not, that finish? No, I did, yes. We're not going to do a, a tip now for Qatar. We, we want to come back to Qatar. Oh, Tip and Mika. Tip and Mika. Yep. For the Commercial Bank Qatar Masters at, Do- Masters at Doha uh, Airport. Oh no, no, sorry, 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 sorry. I have done some research on this. Sorry. Let's just talk about. Let's back. talk about this, and we'll go back to live, and we'll finish on live, and then we'll we'll circle No, no, we'll just circle back. We'll put that on the pin board, and we'll circle back to live. Okay. All right. Commercial so, Commercial Bank Qatar Masters at uh, Doha GC. Yep. Uh, I'm going for a South African double this week. So uh, back-to-back South African wins. Xander Lombard has been playing some decent golf the last few weeks on the DP World Tour. Mm-hmm. Just been keeping a cheeky eye on uh, on his form, and I think that he's trending in the right direction. And he will he will finally get his win. Okay. Uh, the first name that jumps out at me is George Campillo, but I can't choose George. He's um, can't lock that in. I can't choose George at the moment. Uh, and I do like the South Africans playing in the hotter climbs in this type of environment. Uh, I might just stick with Tristan Lawrence. There we go. Write that down. I have no form. form I have no. Tra- I have no form guide on Tristan Lawrence, but I've watched him play in previous years, and I, I like his. 
I like the cut of the big fella. So uh, I'm going to okay. go with Tristan Lawrence from Pretoria. Okay. All right, well, good luck, Tristan. I uh, look forward to seeing that. It's on a time-friendly zone for us, you know. It's uh, sort of evening viewing uh, on uh, a Sunday night for the final round, so looking forward to watching that. Uh, yes, as you were about to say, uh, our friends that live uh, golf in uh, played at Mayakoba, season one, um, we did we did chastise them for leaving their team announcements uh, to the six hours before tee off. Basically, um, well, did they even announce? Yeah, did they, they even announced yeah, Herbie and uh, yeah, they did. I uh, know they announced Tyrell, but I. Did they did. They announced yeah. Herbie. Yeah, they did. Okay. There was some. There was definitely some socials from both Liv and uh, both the Ripper team, uh, the Ripper Media Centre, uh, that Herbie had joined, and uh, a little bit of um, interview with uh, Lucas, and uh, he seems to be in a good place for Lucas to play some of his best golf um, this year. You know, Lucas loves playing golf. But he, he, he loves the environment around him to be, you know, happy. I'm not going to even start to try and say it because, you know, <laughs> I'll mess it up and I don't want to misquote any, anything. But, you know, if you listen to the interview that from Lucas's mouth, you know, I think he's going to enjoy being in that team environment with those guys and being in that close-knit group of regular cohort week in, week out. And the consistency of that will, I think, lean into Lucas playing better golf. Um, you know, the schedule's set up. The same people are going to be there every week. He's going to have a team and teammates and a, and a team around him. And I think that really does lead into Lucas being in a best place to play his best golf. And I hope that he does play really well. And I think, yeah, the Ripper team, they didn't win it, but they, they went pretty well. I did bump into another name drop. I don't care. That's what I built this podcast on. I did bump into Dom as the party, Lucas's coach, on Sunday at the uh, 13th Beach. He's also the coach of Karis Davison, who was in the final group of the women. I uh, did bump into the big fella. He did tell me that he should have been on his way to America by now, but he had a little bit of uh, lateness getting his passport back from the American visa office or something like that. But he will be in Vegas uh, this week for... Uh, the next uh, live event, and uh, and yeah, he said that Herbie's in a good place. He's happy, and we know that when he's happy in a good place, he plays his best golf. So, um, looking forward to seeing seeing that, and uh, maybe we'll catch up with Dom later in the year uh, at a live event in uh, Europe side. We'll see. But but anyway, Mike Cobra, um, yeah, finished in the dark. Finished in the dark, mate. I mean, it was what a, uh, what a playoff. Yeah. Exciting uh, three-hole playoff between uh, Joaquin and Sergio Garcia. So I must admit, it was pretty cool to see that footage, you know, in under lights and kind of how that finished. And um, I was, I did have it uh, going on the phone there, and I was taking the young fella to the dentist, I was sitting in the dentist watching it while he was uh, getting his teeth done. But um, the I did hear the commentators say that uh, that they were. If they they were playing a hole, playing the second hole, and they said if they don't finish it, then they need to come back tomorrow to finish it. And I thought that that could not be that could be the that that would be the worst thing possible. Surely, like to go away and come back, set up, and then play one hole, and one guy makes a bogey, and one guy makes a part to win it. That would be uh, that would be not very good at all for anybody involved there. But. Um, uh, but thankfully, the two guys worked out between them that they agreed to play one more hole in the dark, um, and I don't think they could see their balls. But um, yeah, Joaquin uh, got it done. I mean, he shot you know a remarkable was it fifty nine on the first round, twelve under, 
Um, but then he only shot twelve under. Then he yeah he shot even for the for the next two rounds, so like plus one and then minus one. So, um, but he got it done. And um, yeah, I mean a fifty nine again. You can't you can't knock it, can you? Um, especially against the other scores that were out there, it was streaks ahead of anyone else on the same course, all at the same time in the same weather conditions, which they love, don't they? Um, and, uh, yeah, so good on him. He's definitely been playing great golf um, for this year and the back end of last year. Um, and, you know, his comments about the the majors straight after winning were kind of interesting. I mean, I, I, I understand where he's coming from. Like, you'd love to see Joaquin in the, na- in, in the majors. Um, he's clearly, you know, a very good golfer. Um, but, you know, he knew that that was the risk, didn't he? Uh, he did, and he's in one major. He's in the, yeah, uh, he's in the, the Open, open. Yep. open, courtesy of his win uh, in Sydney. And, uh, he can go and qualify for the US Open and the US PGA. They can have a crack if, if, the they, if they back, yeah. themselves, uh, back themselves in. They can go and try and uh, qualify for those two events, not the Masters, of course. Mm. But uh, he's an exciting golfer. Uh, and he is. I loved uh, watching him for the day that I watched him up there in uh, in Sydney. And... Uh, just, just absolutely belts the ball uh, beautifully. Not a not a huge, huge player, um, but just gives it a rip. And yeah, really exciting. A real shot maker, uh, works it both ways, and does all the things that you want uh, a really good ball striker to be able to do. Uh, but yeah, it's good to see him win after getting a, a shooting a fifty nine. Yeah, you can't begrudge someone you know, winning a tournament when they throw a fifty nine in there. But did he not have a bit of a um, rules uh, imbroglio as well. He, he was assessed a two-shot penalty. He did in round two. That's mm. right, mate. So, uh, yeah, he took a, a drop, um, an illegal drop off like, like more than one club length away from the, uh, so the, ta- the drop he, area. He was so. taking like a direct line of sight relief so he can go straight yeah. back in line with the ball where your ball is and the pin and he's dropped it off that line. Uh, is that the rule? I mean, Blakey, yeah. he should have dropped it on the line, and, but he dropped, took one club length and dropped it off the line, which is a rule that changed in 2019, 2023, whenever they yep. uh, rejigged uh, that. Um, so he dropped it under the old rule, not the new rule, and was assessed then uh, thereafter a two-shot penalty. So that added to his total and uh, clearly um, was enough to, you know, played well enough to enforce the playoff. Uh, Sergio, mm. talking about veteran golfers and uh, Blokes approaching fifty. Um, were you surprised to see Sergio perform so well? Uh, honestly, Roscoe, Sergio is one guy you won't get a lot out of me on. Not, not, not a big fan. Am I surprised? Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, he's obviously a good golfer, but um, I don't honestly have a lot of time to watch Sergio either. So. Uh, too many, that's too not, many, that, that, too many scraping greens, chopping up bunkers, spitting yeah. cups. Too, too much of that for you. Spani- yeah, the Spanish among passion. Other things among other, know, okay. These comments along the way, okay. Um, but anyway, I. Um, that's all I want to say about that. Well, let's um, let's bring it back to the other. The yeah, Sergio was a bit of a surprise for me, to be honest, to see him in that uh, playoff. Good luck to you, Sergio, and uh, we'll see you somewhere else along the uh, live train. But uh, what about the big Spaniard, the real one that uh, has drawn all the eyeballs yeah, to live? The, the big guy, so John Rum. Yeah. What uh, takeouts from uh, John's his first event? Yeah, 
Minus 24, Legion 13, uh, Legion, Legion yep. 13 picking up the W. Uh, yeah, either. Tyrell really helped him uh, there with his final round seven under. He, he shot in the third round, so he really kind of carried him home for the – I mean, they had they had the the team one uh, locked up, but he, he, he did his bit. Um, John Rahm obviously did his bit. Did you see Roscoe? They spelled his name wrong yeah. in the social media posts, but you'd think the guy you spent the most money on, you'd kind of – Spell his name right, but uh, he does that stuff all the time. Don't get me wrong. They do. They not, do. Not live bashing. Not live bashing. <laughs> There's only 54 of them to get right. Yes, and it's not. Uh, it shouldn't yeah. be that hard. But maybe they're trying to change known everything about these guys. Um, no, it was just clearly a mistake and a bad one. Um, but anyway. But uh, anyway, uh, he played well, mate, and um, I'm sure he was disappointed. He definitely had a chance to be in the mix there uh, on those last few holes, but um, but just could not. Uh, make a few putts. Um, who else down the list there is kind of stood out? I mean, DJ is finally playing some some good golf again. Uh, Brooks is there. We spoke about Tyrell, but um, yeah, let's talk about uh, well, well, just, just a fi- well, just a final shout out to Ripper GC. We talked about you know Herbie uh, joining the new team of Jones, Leishman, Smith, and uh, all. Emblazoned. Uh, what I did like about this, you know, Herbie, long time Adidas apparel ambassador, shoe ambassador, long associated yeah. with, with, but uh, fronted up in the team wear, all of the team wearing the uh, Munsing wear, original Penguin, Cam Smith esque uh, look. And uh, I like a team that dresses together, team that dresses together, plays together, stays together, Scott. Uh, so I like that look. Uh, how about you? Yeah, you're the fashion fashion police here in uh, this uh, you know, duo. Did you like the fact that they all had the same gear on? The uniform thing was congruent. Mate, I, I think they should 100% lean into the team uniforms for sure. I <laughs> think uh, get as many as those of those guys all in the same kit. And I'm not taking the taking the Mickey. Like I, I, I truly think like that. That's part. Of, that's one of the things they should really really push and, and do different. And, um, yeah, so, no, great to see those guys all uh, all dressed in the same kit. It's only your Nike boys that sort of fall out of whack with that. You know, Brooks uh, in uh, Team Smash not being, you know, following the uh, the uniform code. Yep. Um, probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to know what's behind all of those yeah. discussions and agreements. Um, I don't know how long Brooks has got to go on his Nike contract. I reckon he'd be pretty, um, pretty hard-pressed to kind of give that up. I think he's a... He's a Nike boy through and through, but um, so who knows? They might outfit uh, the Team Smash. Uh, who knows? That's been a rumour that, you know, Team Nike could come in and invest in the team. Um, anyway, we'll move on. Uh, yeah, good job to the Rippers, but there's a few teams that uh, need to lift, clearly. Ironhead's already sort of languishing. Uh, four races disappointed with... Um, four races dis- disappointed. Dis- Pat Perez... Uh, and Harold Varner were kind mm. of the two. Yeah, stunk, um, stunk it up there. Second, last, and last. Yeah. Uh, the the Range Goats teams and the inclusions there didn't really uh, provide the lift in uh, episode one or season round one of uh, Live for the uh, the Range Goats with uh, the Wolf Peters Uline Watson combo. But you were going to say about Mickelson. What, what uh, talk to me about Phil? Oh, well, just an outstanding effort there at eleven over. Um, Harold Varner though took out the uh, took out the the lowest score or the highest score, fourteen over. Mm. So some big scores down the bottom against um, the uh, the very low score of Joaquin up the top in round one. Anyway, um, but yeah, hey, your your old mate 
Moronk didn't do that well either. No. Five over. 47th. Outright 47th. So didn't have to share the cash. That's good. Ah, oh, look, they picked up a team, an eighth <laughs> position in the team with um, with uh, Martin Keimer. He needs to lift uh, Blandy, Blandemonium, and uh, Kale Shamuja. 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 I'm not sure about that one. Actually, my finish is not that Everyone uh, keeps good. talking about Andy Ogletree, mate, but I don't know. <laughs> he's uh, posting some high scores. They keep talking about him as in he is a good golfer and. Oh, yeah, just how good he is and, you know. Uh, well, I guess that's it, just how good he is. But I don't think he's really done a great deal yet, has he? No, not in – well, not. what did he do? He he was elite amateur and then won on the Asian Tour, won a, uh, a um, international series event, and that's what sort of propulsed him into, uh, into the live contention. But uh, anyway – well, we'll see. clearly he needs a more competitive environment, mate, to play well. Oh, here we go with the live bashing, eh? Um, let's, where where they go? Las Vegas Country Club this weekend. Uh, oh, the whole imagine wo- being in Vegas this week, the mate. whole world, Bloody hell. the whole world move in, moves into Las Vegas. Uh, every TV camera and media centre uh, would be there for the other events, obviously the Super Bowl, and uh, I've got this little golf tournament just playing out in the back box of the little country club down the road there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many people turn up and what sort of vibe and atmosphere there is, given that the waste management's on and I'll be in another town. But uh, there would apparently be a lot of people in and around Las Vegas this weekend uh, for the next week. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting and- to see. In all seriousness, Roscoe, like the, I think the best thing that could have happened for Liv on Sunday happened when Pebble Beach was called off and mm. there was no other coverage and there was clearly more people watching Liv than normally uh, watch Liv and talking about it and, you know, some kind of higher-profile um, journalists, in inverted commas, um, what, like tuning in. And so to have more eyeballs on it on that Sunday and for it to go into that darkness and have those scenes and uh, playoff finish and Joaquin is, is an exciting player to watch. Um, I think they, they you know, they ticked a lot of boxes. Like they, a lot of things went right for them on that Sunday. So it definitely felt like um, after that round and coming out of that weekend, that you know, they've, they've got a little bit of momentum heading into Las Vegas, which the City's going to be absolutely rammed. Um, you've got obviously the uh, the Super Bowl on, and you would like to think that you know again they couldn't have timed the Las Vegas event any better. So they've got these things happening where they're signing players. They've had that finish. There was no other golf on, and more people watching. You go into the highest profile sporting event in the US, if not you know one of the highest in the world, um, happening in the same city in the same week. If they can't leverage all of this, then then they're doing it wrong, and and I think they will. You know, like I think, and and I tell you what, if Victor and Xander show up in Vegas this week, uh, I think I think it's a total game changer this last month for sure. Well, thank you for uh, circling back and pulling that little post-it note off the uh, park board there, Scott, and coming back to the point that you went to raise there earlier on. Withdrawal withdrawal from this weekend's event, those two big names, do you think that it's possible? I think anything's possible now, for sure. But if you're a betting man, you're in Vegas, are you going red or black that those two fellas are going to turn up at this event 
based on the WD and some of the murmurings, uh, are you going red or black? Red that they are, black that they don't. I, I, I'd, I'd tip that at least one of them will show up at live. Wow. Mm. Seems insane. Based on absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's a pretty fair bet, I reckon, with what's happened and the type of people that have that have headed there. I mean, you know, Moronk was a was a big surprise, mate. Like he had his PGA Tour card ready to go. Like he, he'd kind of achieved his goals, achieved his dream and to go and play on the PGA Tour and he's given it up to go and play live. Um, I didn't see that coming. Um, obviously, John Rahm changed his tune significantly. You got Rory talking the way that he's talking now and and you know I don't I think Rory has just realized probably the same as John is that um it's they're, they're, they're not going anywhere like and money has won and um and so it's better to kind of partner with these guys or, or be a part of it than try and fight the uh the, the never-ending stream of cash that's going to be thrown at it one way or another you may as well um you know, Embrace it and and uh, and get on board. I guess, um, you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't necessarily subscribe to the fact that, or to you know, the narrative that Rory has done a one eighty and changed his tune. I, I, I think he just realizes that um, uh, it's better to better to be involved with it or, or you know partner with them than try and fight against them because money's going to win and money has won. So, wouldn't surprise me if one or both of those guys turned up and I think if they do then you know it's just another another game changer um big game changer big game changer with those two names whether it's one or two you know I would say Victor's probably shifts the needle a little bit more than Xander at the current time but you know you I'd probably if there was one not two you'd probably expect Xander based on some of the Mm. stuff coming out of you know his camp maybe since Ryder Cup, I don't know, you know, like I only see what the same as what everyone, I'm not sort of anywhere closer to it other than that. But a uh, couple of points from my perspective on everything that we just discussed, you know, firstly, yes, it was a massive W for them to have exclusivity in the golf space on that Sunday uh, without having um, Pebble Beach up against it. And it's really interesting to hear some of the tonality of some of the Verticomers journalists seem to be a little bit more complementary to the coverage, seeing a little bit more complementary, not totally, but a little bit more complementary to the commentators and, and what they're trying to do. They still, parts of it they don't like, the team, some of the uniforms, the, you know, the whole quick pace of it, you know, not following team, not following players, just bouncing from one to the next, all that sort of stuff. But in general, a little bit more positivity around the the package, the product, Um you know, those two players, WD is, is a massive sort of red flag. Um, I, I would like to see both of them go over there. I don't know why, just because I like agitation. You know, I'm not saying that I'm the world's biggest live fan, absolutely not. But, you know, I've always been on the side of this whole discussion going back last year to June, July, that I didn't, I'm not saying that I'm right and poo-pooing anyone who was wrong, but I didn't feel like that it was going to go away, like a lot of people saying, oh, it won't be there next year. It's gone, finished, done, or it'll be different and all that sort of thing. Um, And it's clearly not. And, you know, we poo-pooed Rory a little bit, you know, like he 
whether it's for his golf or some of the things he does or doesn't say. But, you know, really now you're sort of looking to him as a bit of a light, as in to get a sense check of what reality might look like. And, you know, not that he's saying what's real, but he's just basically saying that it's now a time that we've got to be a bit realistic about what this entity and what it means for the world of golf and, you know, clearly not going away, clearly hold a lot of stake in the fight in terms of financial power. Let's see what it looks like at least. Let's see how it moves forward. And, you know, there was that whole argy-bargy with he and uh, Jordan who, you know, made that sta- made the statement mm-hmm. about the new sports ownership and, you know, how we can move forward with this and, you know, in effect, you know, I'm not paraphrasing, but we don't need the other lot now, so it's all good. Well, they're, they're clearly there and they clearly mm. haven't gone away. They just haven't sorted it out and there's all the DOJ stuff and all of that sort of thing to, you know, whether it's just um, smoke and mirrors to appease that and, you know, make something happen. But, uh, you know, Rory, Rory's changed his tune and, um, you know, he's dropped off the text group with all of the players and he's going. he's not going alone, but... You know, I think Rory Rory is a, a smart guy. You know, he was put out there the front by the PGA Tour, and he he towed the company line and got made to look a little silly in in some of that respect. And and now he's just out there doing his own thing and saying how he feels. Yeah, good on him. Yeah. Am I wrong yeah, with any of that, Scott? Been... Do you want to push back on any of the things that I've sort of retort not retorted, but just paraphrased my sort of viewings? No, only that I do think you're one of the greatest uh, live supporters on the planet, so I will push back on that. No, I'm only kidding, mate. I'm, oh, I'm, kidding. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm, I love um, golf. I love golf, and as I said, it presents a way that I can watch a bit of golf. I can, whether it's on a on a catch-up or a, an hour, I can grab the little snippets that I want and I feel like I've seen a good chunk of what's going on. Poo-poo me, you know, that's not a real golf fan. I'll be my own judge on how I'm a golf fan or not, but uh, it's not perfect. Not saying it's perfect, never was, but it's entertaining in one way, shape, or form as watching people hit a golf ball, hit it hard, try and hit it long, trying to make birdies and putts. I don't mind it. I don't mind yeah. it. Yeah, uh, no, anyway. it's not for everyone, mate. But it's uh, but you know if you do if you enjoy it, that's great, and and I enjoy parts of it for sure. <laughs> um, and uh, so I enjoy having a laugh at some of the stuff they get wrong, like spelling John Rahm's Latin name yeah, uh, wrong. But but that's just all a little bit of little bit of fun. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I don't I don't disagree with a lot of what you said there, mate. Um, you know, I, I do like this version of Rory, <clears throat> and I do feel sorry for him a little bit, having mm. been put out there for for so long, or like taking a, such a public stance, trying to toe that um, company line and. Uh, I think he's made a great call to get out of that the pack and the group and and the the you know those roles that he had. So get out there and just did um, concentrate on his golf and he's clearly playing some pretty good golf. And uh, yeah, let it all play out. Let other people make the big boy decisions. Um, who knows if they will make the right one? I don't know. I think if they if they do go down. The road of like, well, we've got the SSG investment now, so we don't really need the PIF. Um, I don't know if it's a matter of whether you need it or not. Like, like it's, uh, I think the the need to partner is probably more than the need. You know, do we need the cash? Maybe not. Yeah, we've got a bit of money now, so that's great. But um, they've got more, and so I think that 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 will that will win out if it goes down that road. And and um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I 
I guess uh, it's it, really it, who, who's to say how it's going to play out at the moment. If it prolongs, is DP World the first tour that sort of folds into the PIF armory? I, you know, it sounds crazy to think like this. Um, my question is hypothesising, you know, you've rolled your red on both of those players. Uh, you know, you're Thursday night, you've rolled, rolled the rock, both players going to live. It comes up. You win, they go across. How, do they, how does it fit in? I know they've got the two extra, you know, wild cards in there playing. Is that just like secret school that we're going to fill two more people in and all of a sudden they're going to be a new team? Or do those two come out and these two go in? Or you know, what, what, yeah. does that, what does that look like? I don't know the workings of how that, how that how that works on who are the two reserves, whether those two guys or the two individuals, whether those two guys are, are in for the season or are they in like a tournament by tournament and maybe that gives them flexibility because there's also talk of Anthony Kim, right? Like who knows if he's going to show up in Vegas as well. Um, so, you know, it's uh, – yeah, I don't know how that works, mate, on who fills those two spots and how permanent they are, but if they, they – yeah, they, hopefully they've done it with some flexibility, so they can sub in another big name if they uh, if they sign another big name like Victor or Xander or Anthony Kim. But who knows? Yeah, that's what he's going to do. Anthony Kim. It's not a, um, a lot of people. I can't believe how many people are just waiting for Anthony Kim to turn yeah. back up and start playing golf. Like it's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's. He was great. Like he was interesting. No, he wasn't great. That's not. That's overhyping it. But. He was an interesting character at a time when there was a lot of attention on young golfers, Tiger, Anthony Kim. He was nowhere near in the class of Tiger, but, you know, certainly drew some eyeballs, you know, the big belt buckles and this flashy lifestyle and he could play. Well, I think he was part of that generation, the first generation that grew up like idolising Tiger and yeah. then kind of came on tour and were kind of like alongside him. So it was, um, yeah, golf was had way more eyeballs on it and he was an interesting character, as you said, and he had some swagger and he played some great golf and had some really good results. But, um, uh, but yeah, he's uh, he wasn't like a generational talent. No. But a lot of people watch. a lot of people are, are tipping him to come back and want to see him playing golf, whether it's on the PGA Tour or here. Well, obviously, it's not going to be the PGA Tour, but most likely here. Um, mm. Interesting. Uh, can they put in another team? Mid-season, I guess. Live, they can do whatever they want, right? Does it? Yeah. Does that just take? Does it take away or does it add? If they throw in another team in round two or three, does it make the whole thing look silly, or does there's more players and and more names? uh, It makes it look better. Um, uh, I think that it would, you know, be another thing that uh, makes it look a little bit silly, but they've ridden past those things so far. <laughs> um, uh, in, well, sorry, go on. Yeah. No, people forget about that stuff and, and kind of move on. I think, mate, I think they'll just – they'll uh, they'll get the brand and corporate and the PR guys around it and misspell some names and, and carry on. <laughs> uh, have we probably spent way too much time talking about Liv and a lot of other things and all of the little sidewindery uh, stories that I tend to want to throw in? Um, have we covered everything that you wanted to cover, Scott? We have, mate. Yep, we have. We've ticked off all of the notes. So, uh, yeah, time for me to go to bed. Uh, me too. Um, but I will say if you have listened this far, um, thank you uh, again. Um, you will therefore be the first to hear about uh, 
a little competition that we're going to run for um, the release of the new uh, Chrome Tour golf ball. It was at the Callaway AI Smoke Paradigm release uh, with a whole host of uh, Callaway ambassadors. Not, I'm not one of those. I was just there doing some filming for Australian Golf Digest. But uh, the who's who of Australian sport who play Callaway were down there. Um, some great golfers and some rubbish golfers. I'm not going to mention which ones fall into either category, but there were some great golf, great sport icons of Australian cricket, Australian soccer, Australian AFL. Um, down there having a great time with some wonderful new product. Uh, the Chrome Tour Ball just released in stores uh, at your favourite golf shop. Of course, Drummer Golf's my favourite golf shop. Uh, this week, um, we are going to do a giveaway for a dozen Chrome Tours in this beautiful limited edition Chrome Tour gold uh, hat. Um, that would look good on your bonds, Scott, um, but you're yeah, not getting very it. fast. You're not getting it because there's only one. Um, it's the Maui Strong Callaway uh, Chrome Tour. Um, anyway, we'll have a little Instagram nice. competition uh, where you can like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends about the podcast. And um, we'll give away we'll give away a couple of things in the coming weeks. But the first thing is a Chrome Tour hat and a dozen balls. Really good ball. Already one on tour. Is the ball on the market yet, Roscoe? Is it even out and available yet? That's a great little. Yeah, yeah, it's just, to give away. I, I just released this week into your favourite golf stores. My favourite golf store is Drum and Golf. Um, yes, it is uh, released and already won on tour and already been played, I believe, by some players that they don't even get paid. Like everyone gets paid to use things in, in golf these days, but uh, players that it's wanting to use the ball after testing it. Um, it's a pretty good, pretty, it's not a pretty good ball. It's a really good ball. I've used it. Uh, I've hit it a long way. I've lost probably I've lost a few too many already. Um, nothing to do with the golf ball, more to do with me. But um, it feels great. The thing for me that benchmark ball with is how it feels, how it reacts uh, off the club face. Uh, I love it. So um, yeah, look forward to um, spearing a few more into the uh, Peninsula Kingswood uh, rough, and um, hopefully trying to make a few birdies from the rough and um, finishing off my uh, golf here in Australia with a bit of a bang. Um, Trying to catch up Leaves with a few people. Behind. Trying to fa- catch up with a few people on the golf course, Scott, and you have to be one of them, whether it's at PK or Spring Valley. Uh, I'll take either. But as long as we get a couple more games Me in too. before I head off. Uh, anyone who has stayed this far, thank you again for listening. Uh, one of our longer podcasts, but there's a whole load to get through, and I hope you do appreciate uh, the time that we take to put into preparing for this episode and the time that we don't prepare for the episode. Um, but we do really do appreciate you listening along this far, and uh, we'll see you soon on the Mile of Golf podcast. I'm sure Scott's planning his next uh, car path only. I've got another guest that I'm preparing to bring on uh, in the coming weeks with a bit of his story, so there's a whole host more coming. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.